Hey everybody, happy Wednesday. Welcome back to Just Friends. As always, I'm your host, Mitchell Embry. And if you're tuning in this week, you are actually listening to part two of our conversation with Ryan Ray. So if you haven't already listened to part one, maybe scroll back one episode and check that out first. For everybody else, I don't want to talk too much because I know you're already annoyed that I made you wait three days to hear the rest of this conversation. So without further ado, let's get back to our chat with our friend, Mr. Ryan Ray. How long have you guys been married now? Long enough that I have to count. That's okay. Um, you don't actually have to know. Yeah, it's uh, it's been four years. Good job. I I, can, I genuinely can't fact check you on that. So that's awesome. Four years, and now you guys have a beautiful young young daughter, mm-hmm, Evelyn. And how's that been going? She's smart as a whip. Honestly, like it's fantastic that she's as smart as she is, but it's terrifying as well because I can see the. I can see those two lines intersecting at some point in the future where she surpasses me and her mother. And then we're like, shit, it's like the, it's like the velociraptors on Jurassic park. <laughs> Clever girl. <laughs> and she's, is she two? She will be two in April. That's why I, I thought she was coming up into, mm-hmm. and you told me she's speaking, which she's, is not uncommon. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's using words here and there, but she, the biggest thing is she's combining them with sign language. So that makes it a lot easier for us to decipher what she's talking about. That's really cool. Yeah, and actually this weekend we're working on potty training. We're pretty sure she's ready for all that. So, Well, you told me that she came to you basically and was like, hey, uh, I just do, dude. Here's, yeah. here's my... Handed me the diapers and the wipes and I already got them. <laughs> um, and then she started like unbuttoning her clothes to like get changed. And I was like, well, okay, I guess we're doing this. Let's do this. Come on. Yeah. In, in some ways, babies are like tiny little gods mm-hmm. like that you have to worship by like cleaning them. Oh, they butt. know way more than you. They just haven't figured out how to communicate with you. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Potty mm-hmm. training, big deal, hard. Her, her favorite game that we play at home is cleanup, which is a godsend. Really? She doesn't like anything on the floor. She'll pick it all up and either put it in the toy bin or put it in the trash. Like, I, I, I like to claim that I'm an evil genius by making that a game, but uh, that's all her, dude. I don't know if she's going to be obsessively OCD and we're going to hate it later, but... She likes to clean her room. That's one of her favorite games. She'll actually make a mess to clean it up. I haven't picked up her toys really on my own in like three months. So it's that's fantastic. How does she compare? Because Jake has kids that are similar age. Because mm-hmm. Elias is a little older I think older her and Micah two. are the same age. Are they, pretty close. Oh, really? Within a month or two, I think. Yeah. Okay, cool. Actually, no, I take that back. Evie was born on April 8th, and I want to say Micah was like the 12th or something. So okay. like right there together. So Elias is a little bit older. I have to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. I think all my friends who are having kids are fucking superheroes. But I'm not really. Like, the other day Chris was like, name all of your friends' kids' names. And I was like, <laughs> nope. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> not going to do it. I'm not going to play this game, Chris. Thing Barry. one, thing two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it seems that way sometimes, and I don't really know, and I don't know Evelyn that well. Mm-hmm. They're children. Yeah. They can't really talk to me. If I can't sit down, I have a nephew, my mm-hmm. nephew, and he is now like seven months, and he's not speaking words at all, and I couldn't be more bored with him. <laughs> I think he's adorable. Uh, and to be honest, really until they hit that age where they can start communicating in some way, whether it's sign or just grunts or whatever, they're boring as hell. 
And I bet they do communicate with you pretty early, right? But you have to spend time with them. You have to understand. So at that age, the same way that you can communicate with like a pet. Yeah, at that age, you learn kind of their cries. So it's just like a pet. Yeah. So yeah, it it really is. You you hit the nail on the head. If I'm being detached and not being the doting father, yeah, you're right on. You know, hit the nail on the head. And I'm not trying to be like I'm not trying to like devalue the beauty that is childhood. No. But for the first few months, it's basically like you got like a, a little. It's a little pet. You got to feed them and make sure they go to the bathroom yeah. and make sure they're clean. That's that's what it is, you know. What was that like? How was it hard? Mm, it's a change, uh, but uh, it's really weird. So, like, if it's somebody else's kids, I don't want to change their diaper. I don't want to deal with them. I don't want to feed them. I don't want to listen to them cry. When it's your kid, you you really like that switch turns off, and you're actually okay with it. And if you're, you know self-observant i guess you're like you're actually not freaking out right now good job to you but like i'm much more patient with my daughter i'm super patient with my daughter but other kids no i'll be like take your damn kid out of the restaurant like i'm not trying to deal with that you don't have any skin in the game (laughs) you don't have any skin in the game on this i am slowly learning i think in a lot of ways i'm a slow learner it takes me a little bit longer than everybody else i'm slowly starting to kind of feel out what like it's like to have a relationship with a young kid just Mm -hmm. through my nephew but like i don't even really fully know how to hold a baby i've Mm -hmm. never changed a diaper i've never had to no i mean like i could learn like i could learn to do anything else but for my friends who have kids jake really jumps out because he's got two of them yeah and i just He's a maniac. Hats off to you guys. <laughs> you guys are fucking badasses. Because <laughs> the last thing that I need, like, I neglect my dog. <laughs> like, for real. When he, when he was a little wet when I got here, she was <laughs> out in the rain. Yeah. Well, you know, she, there's, there's a boy dog next door, so I'm not surprised she was a little wet. She's kind of into the boy dog next <laughs> door. But it, it was, she was outside in the rain. I'm, I'm a bad dog dad. I just don't, I don't, I don't understand it. I think it's awesome, though. But... Parenthood freaks me out. I'm not particularly, I don't know. I might do it. I don't know. You never know. You all, everybody's always changing and growing. And and two years from now, who knows what I'll be thinking. Well, and there's a lot of people you're like, they wouldn't be good as a parent and they turn out just freaking fine. Cause the truth is I I did about, uh, you know, everybody reads the books and all that shit. I did about 15 minutes of YouTube watching while my wife was in labor. (laughs) And I was like, "Uh, I got this. I'm good. And I, it's it worked out just like because once it's your kid, there's like this switch in your brain, yeah. and you like you're like, well, I gotta figure it out. So you do just fine. You really hey, do. It's like, hey Google, uh, what can I expect my wife's vagina to look like after this uh, birth? <laughs> the the doctor tried to freak me out and see if she could get me to pass out, and I was like, look, sweetie, I took uh, some healthcare classes in high school. I'm good. Sarah <laughs> is a nurse, and yeah. and part of the process for her to get her degree she had to watch multiple births but i think one in particular she had to watch a c-section that went bad yeah um and she passed out so that's a whole different thing we, we ours was natural but it was there was some complications but it was still a natural birth and that's awesome it's a game changer uh you definitely look at each other differently yeah after you go through that yeah i mean you got to be thinking like this woman is a badass mm-hmm. she just squeezed a, a little grapefruit out of a hole that uh, fits tightly around my two-inch penis. <laughs> Two-inch. So, it's huge, Mitchell. I was talking about you. Whoa, hey. I was talking oh. about you. 
in your heat. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 a total game changer when you go through that. I can't. I really can't even imagine. Do you think a lot about the future now because you've all, all of a sudden are responsible for like the future of this child? What what oh, is yeah. it, what does it feel like to you? Um, I would say I would characterize it as I still have the drive that I've always had, but my priorities are way different. Your priorities have shifted. Yeah. Um. So at work, you know, before I had a kid, even even once I was married, but before I had a kid, I was very career driven. Looking for the next rung on the ladder, pushing, pushing, pushing. And I think, so perfect example, in 2018, I worked like probably five or 600 hours worth of overtime. Wow. Yeah, you know, it's a ton of overtime. Um, 2019, I just checked it before I came up here. I worked 15 hours of overtime <laughs> for the year. Yeah. Um, because I would rather make less money and spend more time at home dealing with stinky ass dirty diapers, but also having some fun playtime with my daughter. Yeah. Um, I definitely like her planning for her future, you know, so fun thing that we did. Um, and this is a, I think it's going to, it might become more prevalent as we move along in society. You know, right now there's a ton of people with college degrees and not everybody is able to use them. Um, so my wife and I decided instead of starting a uh, college fund, one of those 529 C's or whatever, mm-hmm. we actually did a Roth 401k that is for my daughter. That's a retirement fund. So I'm contributing to that on a weekly basis. So when she gets of age to retire, she's going to have a fantastic retirement fund. Dude. So if she walks in and she's like in her forties or fifties and was like, fuck this boss, this is bullshit. Yeah. I'm going to go like live on the beach and everybody else can fuck off. I want her to be able to do that. That is or such she can use it for her education, idea. you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever she wants. But if she wants to go to school, I want her to earn it as well and not think, oh, daddy put aside money for me. Right. Um, but what I did put aside money for her is to be able to enjoy her adulthood. That's so cool. That's such a good idea. I'm trying to do something similar like that for my nephew. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that would be a cool idea. Like, because I'm 30 and I already fucking hate my job some days. Yeah. <laughs> You know, some days I have a good job, and yeah. don't get me wrong, everybody has their days. Could you imagine if you're like in your late forties or early fifties, and you're just like, you know what, screw this, I'm ready to retire, dude? That would be amazing, and you can. <sighs> I, I mean, I like I fantasize about like winning the lottery and like all the crazy things that I would do. I'm hoping to surprise her one day. That would know? be amazing. That's so <laughs> cool, and I, I want to do something similar to that. I said I'm going to put a hundred dollars into some type of fund. Every Christmas, every birthday. Build the interest. Right. And then as far as like a gift, I'm going to buy a book because I think language and your ability to communicate and how oh, yeah. like the size of your vocabulary, the the more effectively you can articulate an idea or a feeling, just the more mm-hmm. capable of a human being you're going to be in general. My daughter loves books. She could care less about dolls. She likes books. That's she tight. wants to flip through the pages and look at the pictures. It's tight. Well, when I told that story to Chris Berry, he said, you know, you're not going to be the fun uncle. <laughs> Maybe I'm not going to be the fun uncle. I don't even know if I've ever been fun at <laughs> anything. I'd like to think so, but shit. Yeah. Chris is so funny. He has a way of just, I really do genuinely, I'm really super interested in getting together four people at a time. I mm-hmm. don't think I can handle more than four at a time. But four people at a time is going to be a well, if it's fun ass. Four of our, our little offensive line group mm-hmm. there, you're going to need about six hours to record that That's shit. That's fine. That's fine. I would love that. Ugh. I would love it. 
a, let's let's a, take a refill on a let's do it. Let's restroom break. And then we'll come back for some fun stuff. Yeah, give me an update about Georgia. What's going on down there? Yeah, so Georgia, um, crazy story. So Georgia's for a bunch of fucking nuts, in case you weren't <laughs> aware. You thought Kentucky was crazy. <laughs> it's further south, so I imagine. Yeah, the only thing is they're more a little more spread out down there. So we built this home in 2014 down there and moved into it, lived there, and we were like probably one of the first five or six houses in the neighborhood. So fun fact for anybody that's going to build a house in the future, um, don't build a house in a new neighborhood. <laughs> really? Why not? Because you don't know who else is going to be moving in? Well, you don't know who's going to be moving in. You also don't know. they, they When they start building those things, they make a lot of promises on amenities and mm-hmm. We're going to have a pool and a park and a place you can park your boats and trailers and all this other crap um, that they don't follow through 95% of the time. Well, that's bullshit. So unless it's already there, pro tip for everybody, unless it's already there, don't take it at face value. Um, that is a very common thing right now. So we built this beautiful home in this nice neighborhood overlooking a lake, yada, yada. Super awesome. First two years there, super secure. All of our neighbors are like police or military. It's fucking great. You know, nobody was stupid enough to break into a house in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, then they start filling out the houses and they start building houses on the lots where the, the community center and the pool are supposed to go. And we were like, what the, what the shit, like what's going on with that? Um, then we get to this last year and my neighbor behind me, it was a sheriff for the neighboring County, um, had like four canine trained German shepherds. And these fucking things, we had one of those white PVC fences. Yeah. Busting through the fence, trying to get after our little chihuahua and stuff. Oh. Like to the point where we met them out on the back porch and uh, got into it. And I said, you need to do something to fix my fence because it's my fence. Yeah. It's a foot onto my property. I built it. You need to fix it. Yeah. Your dog broke my fence. Yeah. And they were like, well, we're not fixing it. And we don't give a shit that you got a little dog. That's your problem if it gets killed. Like. So they sucked. They were sucky neighbors. They were terrible neighbors. And at that point, I, I shared something along the lines of, well, if your dog comes through, I'm shooting them. Yeah. And if you come through to get him, I'm shooting you. Yeah. <laughs> stay away from me. If you're going to be yeah. a dick, stay away from me. So we went back and forth for a little while and uh, it just, it devolved and became really messy. And we were just, we were both kind of tired of it and we were in a decent financial situation. And uh, one of our friends was getting into real estate and, uh, she was like, yeah, I need to start showing some houses so I can get some practice at it, whatever. Well, she called us up one day and was like, hey, you guys free for like an hour? Sure, okay, whatever. Um, went to show us a house. We weren't really shopping. Walked us through this house, and we were like, holy shit, we actually like this house. Um, we were like, well, but we're not going to move, right? And Natalie was like, well, I don't think so, right? <laughs> and I was like, uh, we got to talk about this. Yeah. Um, so we moved like two miles down the road to like the next neighborhood over Yeah. much nicer neighborhood. It was already built. The amenities were there. Got the pool, got the riding stables, got the playground, all that. You guys crap. have stables? Yeah. Dude, my wife. Super cool. My wife would love that so much because we have a horse. Yeah. And it's a, and the other thing was it was, it wasn't really that much more expensive of a house, but it was a little bit different price point where like you don't get the five year occupants, you get the 10 and 20 year occupants. Gotcha. So people are actually neighbors. We mm. care about each other. Um, so we we live in a great neighborhood now. Like everybody looks out for everybody. Our house backs up to a wooded area that can't be developed. Beautiful. So great backyard, less neighbors, 
just all around better. Um, so that's been a big development in the last year. We moved and weren't planning on moving. And between the equity we had in the other house and a couple other deals we got, we actually came out like we moved to a bigger house that cost more and ended up with a couple grand in our pocket mm-hmm. because of it. So oh, it that's out great. Yeah. Man, what a deal. That's sweet. Yeah, we got a better interest rate and everything. So, yeah, it was wild stuff. And we were, we were, we were like, shit, now we got to move all of our stuff. <laughs> Did that suck? Oh, my God. I've never had to move. I, the only time I've ever moved was from my parents' house. And I didn't fucking own anything into this house. Just wait. I can't. I know. So we're gonna. <laughs> I'd say probably we'll be here for another two years tops. Yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna sell because I, I I do see this as a as a potential income like a revenue source. So and we don't need to because yeah. I mean, it's what's the point if it's if you if you have income coming from it. Yeah. And you don't really have to do a whole lot, and you're willing to do the the basic landlord maintenance that you got to keep up on. So, I mean, what's the point? Trust me, we've thought about buying uh, another property down there. Um, we like to buy a condo uh, near the beach down there that we could rent uh, out. Airbnb it? Well, either that or through a rental company. I've got a couple of friends that uh, own rental companies down there for like vacation rentals that are right yeah. on the beach. Love to do that. Um, you know, that's a future goal. Um, her parents are wanting to retire and move down there. So what we were going to do is try to go halvesies with them on a property and then once they're gone, it gets turned over to us, and then we have full ownership, and we can rent it out and keep it. That's a great idea, because you know, uh, investing in land. Mm-hmm. My dad has always said it; they're not making any more of it, and that's true. And except in China, well, they are, and I think in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> they're like pump. Yeah. Apparently, there's like a sand shortage in Saudi Arabia. Fucking go figure. Uh, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> And maybe that's not true, but maybe that's some bullshit that somebody told me because they're pumping it. Like they have these big ships that have mm-hmm. these huge dredges that go down to the bottom of the ocean. They pump sand up and well, then we they do it here it in the U S actually the Tybee Island. You, the one you guys yeah, have to Tybee. Tybee. Yeah. Yeah. So every five years, well, no, it's not, but every five years they do like a beach reclamation where they actually they have this huge, like 36 inch wide, like pipe that they pump sand from the sandbars back up onto the island to uh, build up the dunes and everything because of the hurricanes that washes it out. That makes sense. And and, and the beaches are a big draw for them. Yeah. Just yeah. Tybee Beach. I, I had a blast at Tybee Beach. Oh, if you haven't been to Tybee, well, first off, screw Hilton Head. Don't go to Hilton Head. Tybee's great. If you want to go golf, go to Hilton Head. If you want to go to the beach, go to Tybee. Man, I love to golf. I haven't golfed. You know, I was reading, I was listening, maybe I was listening to something the other day. Oh, you know what I was listening to? I'm really into, uh, do you know Malcolm Gladwell? He's an author. He wrote Outliers, which is that book. You know, have you ever heard like that whole ten thousand hour thing, where like if you want to become an expert in something, you've got to devote ten thousand oh, yeah, hours yeah, to yeah. it. Okay, I got you. That's Outliers. Mm-hmm. But he has a podcast called Revisionist History, where he goes <laughs> back and he basically is like, "This is what happened. Looking at it now, this is how we should have handled it. But in the moment, we didn't have the context, and we." We just handled it in the best way that we saw, and we kind of fucked it up, and this is how we did it, and this is why we did it this way, so I'm not, he's not criticizing, right? but this is how we should have handled it. And right, one if you the, can go back and optimize the situation. Right, yeah. and he talks about golf, because right now there's this huge thing that's going on in LA where there's like mm-hmm. thousands of acres of land that are owned by golf courses that have been mm-hmm. subsidized by the government, so where they're, they're paying the same... Uh, they're paying taxes on the value of the property when it was purchased yeah. in like the 50s. Well, that's the other thing. Uh, pro tip for homeowners, uh, fill out your Homestead Act. 
it locks you in on your your tax valuation. Nice. Always make sure to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've done that. That's the same situation where when you buy the house, you lock it in at the when you bought it, the, the, whatever they valued it at at that point in time, you will be taxed at that rate in perpetuity, basically. Until you sell it. Yeah. Until you sell it. That's a good idea. It doesn't. It doesn't protect you from like county or city taxes, but your federal tax doesn't change. Because the because my mortgage has gone up every year. I mean, See, it's nice to know that my house is worth more money. Mitchell, look how fucking nerdy and awful we are talking about tax valuations right now. When just like you said, you know, fifteen years ago we were talking about cunnilingus in the weight room. Well, we figured that out. <laughs> now stocks, <they're>, sorry, <laughs> ladies, they're a little more complicated. They're way more complicated. <laughs> Actually, they might not be more complicated. Um, it's just I've gotten good enough at cunnilingus to where I'm not getting criticized about That's it. That's my boy. That's my boy. Thank you. You know, practice, <laughs> practice. You know, my mother-in-law listens to this podcast. I was going to ask you who all is on this. When I first went into this, I thought this is going to be a little hobby that I want to do because I love podcasting that nobody's going to fucking listen to. But today, mm-hmm. n- nine people have listened, not a ton. Yesterday, 17. My, my highest day of listening so far is 83. Uh, yeah, I'll probably have more comments beyond like, this dude's a dick. Well, sh- <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I doubt it. But people are going to be interested in you because they haven't known what you've been up to for a while because you've been living in Savannah. Yeah, well, what I've been up to is I lurk on all your Facebooks, so keep me updated. Well, that's what everybody's doing. <laughs> I'm old, dude. I kid, my, Some of my college students now are telling me they got like their, uh, I can't even remember the name of the TikTok. damn thing. They got their TikTok stuff and their Snapch, their Snatch Chats or Snapchats or whatever Snatch, it is. I like Snatch Chats better. Yeah, Snatch Chats. <laughs> <laughs> Snatch chats. (laughs) I mean, let's be for real. That's what it is. Snatch chats. Tinder. You know what Tinder is? I've heard about Tinder, yeah. The dating website Uh app. Tinder needs to create a different app called Snatch Chat. They do. And all you do is you just... I mean, they're really missing a marketing opportunity Your profile picture is just your vag. (laughs) And that's all it is. Or for men, your taint. You know, That's a nice taint. It's well. That's a well-maintained taint. Oh, dude, if you got a well-maintained taint, it says a lot about your character as a person. Well, she knows that you'll pick your socks up off the floor. You know, yeah. So. She knows that you're willing to get into the details. You know what I mean? <laughs> What's so, that? Eat, eat the booty like a bag of groceries or what? Gotta eat the booty like groceries. I don't know about that. I don't know if that necessarily means you'd eat booty. Well, I mean, you know, they started with Tide Pods, so what's, where's really the line? I saw something the other day that was so funny. It was like, <laughs> if this new generation didn't want to have to wait till they were 21 to smoke cigarettes and they shouldn't yes. have fucking been eating Tide Pods. <laughs> That's exactly our point. If there's any young listeners out there, this is for you. So you stupid asshole. No. <laughs> I mean, we did dumb shit, but Tide Pods really like fucking come on, dude. How could you not have educated your kids well enough to know that putting unknown chemical cleaning products into your body could be negative, have a negative impact. Like, how could you not know? But then I say that, and then at the same time, you when I was butt like... butt chugging was a thing? Butt chugging? You remember butt chugging, I remember you? butt chugging, but I never did butt chugging. No, but we know people who did. Yeah, that's true. And you know, I was about to say, I remember when I was like 12, my sister was like, let me do something. And she put a bunch of salt on the back of my hand, and then she put ice cube on top of it. And I knew <laughs> what that was. I mm-hmm. knew what was happening. Still, I let myself I, get a really wait, bad chemical I think burn. I remember you... I, you did it at some other point and I saw it. No, it was the same time. I had that big ass fucking blister on the back yeah. of my hand. Yeah, dude. It was a it was the size of like a, a half dollar, like a silver yeah. dollar. 
And I, I knew what she was doing, but in my mind, and this might be the same thing with the Tide Pods, I was thinking, fuck you, bitch. Put this, <laughs> put this ice on my hand. See if I say shit. I ain't skirt. I ain't skirt. And then it did hurt. And then by the time it was hurting enough, like I took it off, but then it was too late. I had a big ass and, fucking and burn. In the interest of the young kids out there, then you were like, yeet, and like <laughs> pitched it across the room. Is that what, is that what that means? That's exactly what I, yeet? Yeah. I'm not sure what yeet means. I think they, that's when they throw shit. Throw shit. They say yeet. Yeah. I don't know. I should know. I, I should know because I work with You're supposed with kids. to be the expert at this point, right? No. This is what I've learned. When you try to relate to kids like that mm-hmm. and it's genuine, they like it. But if you're faking it, they just think you're being silly. What, what if I'm being a sarcastic asshole and like talking down to them? They don't it? like that either. Uh, they kind of, well, that's what sensing used to do with us. I Actually, mean. you know what? If you have a good relationship with them, then yes. Because boys especially. Yeah. Boys. They love the shit talking. Boys like to shit talk. That's how boys relate anyway Mm -hmm. i was talking to tj about this in our podcast like when i was coming up i mostly spent time with girls like like it makes sense most of my friends were girls (laughs) yeah i bet it does for real it makes sense to me too most of my friends were girls until like probably like middle school mitchell has beautiful blue eyes by the way you should see my eyelashes (laughs) so if you fuck with the with the boys you have to have a good relationship with them first they have to like oh yeah but once they like you if you talk shit about them they'll love you so that is fun I, I just I was hoping you were going to be the guy that wrote the awesome detention slips, where like, like the storytelling in oh. the detention slip is like above par. When I write a referral, I go into detail. My administrators don't like it. They're like, we don't need a story. Just if you think they deserve a referral, just write the referral. I'm you're, like, no, 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 no. You're like, I got a distinguished in English on yeah. the CATS test. <laughs> I'm writing this motherfucker. Like, you need to understand. <laughs> you need to understand how egregious. Because I don't, dude. You know me. I'm not a dick. Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to get everybody in trouble. If somebody's dropping the f bomb in my classroom, I don't give a fuck. If you want to say fuck, that's when you turn around and say, sit the fuck down and shut up. Exactly. <laughs> You guys are really missing out on the hand action by Mitchell over here right now. He's he's really getting into it. I'm re- I'm really deep into like a serious like beat off sesh, and Ryan's being really generous. Vigorous, you would say. You know, I would say vigorous. I would say uh, <laughs> ferocious. Maybe he even. does have well, what he's doing here. He's got the hand going like uh uh-uh, uh girl. Mm. I'm very dramatic. Yeah, I love it. Oh god, this has been so much fun. This whole thing is so much fun. The podcasting yeah. thing is so much fun. For sure. That's one of the things about our group, which kind of as we've already distinguished, mm-hmm. or um, is, dis- you see how I throw in that word distinguished? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Zing. But one of the things that we've already established, which is the word I'm looking for, is that there was definitely a group of friends, but they were all fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, that's what was, that was the great thing about PRP is like, those those little groups, there wasn't like a, a click war shit going on. like. No. We got along with everybody. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, I can I can name a few. Well, there, there was, was some. There was a particular person that got stuck in a locker a couple times and Who got stuck in the locker? Oh, Stick. Oh, poor Stick. He had a little guy complex. He was a tiny man and he wanted to be viewed differently. For anybody that doesn't know, this man was I don't know, six one, six two, and all of like hundred and seventy pounds soaking wet. Probably not even hundred and seventy pounds. And he wanted to dude. he wanted to fight Chris Berry like every day at lunch. He couldn't have weighed 170 pounds. If he was 170 pounds, he would have been ripped. I bet he weighed 130 pounds. Probably. Tops. Massive shit talker, though. That was his problem. He wasn't cool. Yeah. But there were so many people that were just cool. I have a story to tell about Stick that I have to tell you. I'll tell it. I want On this it. podcast. So, people that don't know, Stick, and I, I'll leave his name out of it, but Stick, if you know him, you know him. Yeah. 
went to college and started his own fraternity. You can do that? Yes, he started. So you can start a new chapter of an existing fraternity at a a college. Okay. He started his own fraternity and like reinvented his fucking self apparently to like the coolest goddamn guy on campus. Wow. And actually, my wife was a sweetheart for that fraternity. Really? On her campus, yeah. That he started? That he started. Now, not obviously not with him, but like the funniest thing. So she was dating a guy in that fraternity. Right. And we were friends. And this is how weird of friends we were. She invited me to go to one of their cookouts. Okay. At her college at Eastern Kentucky. And her boyfriend was not going to be at the party, but she wanted somebody to go with her. She invited me as like a replacement boyfriend. And we weren't dating. <laughs> and I was like, well, this is going to end weird. I'm probably going to get my shit kicked by like 40 dudes, but whatever. Let's go. We show up over there. And I'm, I was driving my douchey little crossfire. And, uh, you know, I, I knew what it was. It was a poor man's sports car. Like, <laughs> you know, it was a granny mobile, whatever. But you didn't want to race me. It was, a, it was the V8 crossfire. So, Ooh. yeah, it had a little horsepower. But I still look like a dick in it. Those are sharp looking. I actually disagree. I think those are sharp looking. Oh, I got so much shit. Everybody called it the squatting dog. <laughs> Caught so much shit for that car. It's a, it was a great car. I got so much shit for it. Um, so we show up. I drive to fucking Richmond, Kentucky with this girl with my crossfire to her boyfriend's fraternity <laughs> for a cookout. Oh, goodness gracious. So you just do the math on that. Well, we get there early and I walk in and guess who's sitting at the back of the house at the table when I walk in? The Mr. Stick. Mr. Stick is sitting there and he looks up and sees me and like his eyes get about dinner plate size and he's like what the fuck you're a blast from the past and i was like what the fuck's up stick (laughs) and he hadn't been called stick since he left high school was he still a stick oh yeah (laughs) so basically i get there and then there's like three or four of the guys that come from upstairs and come down they're like who's who's crossfire is that outside i was like oh it's mine and they're like, holy shit, man, you got a crossfire? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, dude. And I did like the douchey, like, pitching the keys thing. Yeah. And they caught it and they're like, whoa. And I was like, go start it up. <laughs> and they ran outside and started my car. That's time. They were into uh, you. It was, uh, I guess, yeah. They were man crushing on me and I was like, douching it up. I was enjoying it. And Stick was like, I ran hundreds of miles away from you to reinvent myself. <laughs> and you're going to show up here and make me look like a dick in front of everybody. He should have gone farther. If he wanted to get away, he should have left the state. He was still yeah. in Eastern Kentucky. So yeah. So, bad move. but, uh, you know, I, I tried to be respectful because he had, he had built a new life. I didn't want to crush it one day, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, he, he did that. And, uh, his boys got along with me. Good. They were, I mean, they were decent guys. They're cool. kind of, kind of redneckish, but I mean, uh, cool dudes. Like for real, I dig them. Yeah. But it was really funny that he, uh, like, you could not recreate that look on his face when I walked in the door. He was like, fuck. I wish I could have seen it. Because I know exactly what he's thinking. He's like, he's going to tell them all. Yeah, he's going to tell them everything. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't. I didn't. That was nice of you. Yeah. EKU. um, (laughs) The Colonels. We have some interesting experiences in EKU that took place way before we were in college. Mitchell had an amputation at EKU. I lost a toe. I mean, I still have it, but part of it was lost. A big part of it. Because <laughs> we went to, so the people who are listening who don't know, we went to, we had football camp there. Mm-hmm. Was it junior year? I think it was. It was Coach Wolf's first year. It was year. the first year we had Coach Wolf, and we, we did a camp, and we fundraised for it, which was a fucking, looking back on it, that's a joke. The fact that we worked our asses off for hours. To go and get our asses kicked. Totally destroyed. <laughs> 
We we drove down to EKU on that bus with all of our shit. <laughs> we get there. Did we practice the day we got there? Oh yeah. We practiced immediately. We got we we got up there, we put our shit in our rooms and it was like come back downstairs with your pads. Yeah. I and I thought he was joking. No. And we practiced. We were like, coach, can we get a meal? And he was like, no, we're going to practice. And we practiced, except for that first day, which we obviously didn't have enough time. We only practiced once. Mm -hmm. We practiced three times a day that entire week. It was fucking awful. Morning practice was usually like, it felt like a fucking hangover because you were so tired. Yeah. And you get through that and then you get breakfast afterwards. Mm -hmm. Was that right? Was it breakfast afterwards or before? I couldn't remember. No, it was bef- we had breakfast before because we all ended up throwing up like 15 minutes in the practice. Yeah, because we were, well, the first day we were, dr- the breakfasts were great. Because oh, we got yeah, to great food. eat in the cafeteria on campus. They had all kinds of food. College kid food. Chocolate milk. That was the mistake we all made. <laughs> the, that was, no, that was like the fucking hand grenade that people needed to stay away from. Like, yes. Because you were going to vomit it up in like 15 That's what minutes. we did, but it was good chocolate milk. Both directions. And you and I <laughs> roomed together. We did. I just remember that pile of clothes that we both had in the corner. Uh, Mitchell's stanky jersey, man. You stank too, Ryan. Yeah, but your jersey was holding itself up in the closet <laughs> off of that by fumes. The end of the week. Well, I washed my clothes. We both washed our clothes. Mm-hmm. Remember, Nick Hammonds did it for us. Mm-hmm. That fucking thanks, Nick. Considerate motherfucker. I think he's listening to these. So he thank might be. you, Nick. I've talked. I talked to him recently. Actually. You're the man. Uh, he came around and was like, "Hey, I'm doing laundry." Which was so thoughtful because I didn't even realize we could do laundry. Yeah, we were just going to suffer through it and smell each other. Well, <laughs> we didn't, at that point, we didn't have a choice. I hated that week. I got so homesick that week. It was rough. Really? Yes, yeah, so homesick. I wasn't really homesick. I was just like, this must be what prison's like. Yeah, it felt like prison. <laughs> we were sleeping in those tiny ass little rooms and those tiny ass. I just remember those thick rubber beds. They, they were like rubber. What was that about? Is that just, I guess that's just college dorms. I don't know, man. I guess. I remember I just, I stole Jake's CD player. He brought a CD player and he had like a mixed CD. Cause that was back when you could burn your own CDs and it was like a big deal. And LimeWire was a big thing. His dad's computer had so many viruses. Oh, it had to have. <laughs> yeah. All the German porn plus yeah. the music. I mean, it's just, it's a bad combo. He had like a mixed CD. It had a bunch of like Dave Matthews band on it. And I just remember... It was the only way I could go to sleep. That was a crazy week. But yeah, the culmination of that week was every single person got hurt. Oh, God, yeah. And then the dudes that didn't know how to swim decided to jump in the pool and almost drown. Oh, my God. Uh, there was the dust devil, like the big tornado on the field next to us. That to was like so cool. Rip that whole full field tarp up. Yeah, like, well, they were trying. It was like they were building a soccer field and they were laying down turf. Yeah. And it was like a layer of, I guess, like some type of pad. I'm not sure. And then turf. Mm-hmm. And there was like a dust devil tornado. It like, stopped like, practice. Like not more than what? Maybe a thousand feet from us? It was, that. It, was, it was probably closer than that. Yeah. We were up above it too because... This, those those like plateaus that they had exactly built up. exactly what they yeah. were. They were like plateaus. It was like there was a football field and then I'd say a little hill that dropped maybe 12 feet and then a football field and then another hill and then a football field and then off to the left, another hill and then like a soccer field. Yeah. That was so cool. Do you remember the gator? Yeah, I remember the gator, and uh, was it Jake almost got run over by it? Yes. So not an alligator. Yeah, just one of those like John Deere, like 
we're gonna haul some shit around gators. Exactly. If you've ever seen in in the seen the NFL, you've seen a gator. Yeah, it's Jake like, almost got murdered by a gator. I could. I, I'll never forget that because we were all standing at the bottom of that hill, and there was supposed to be like a person who was affiliated with the college bringing us water, mm-hmm. and they were doing a shitty job, but they had w- water on this gator, and it was parked at the top of this hill. And he's over there talking to coaches or something like that. And the gator is unmanned. Yeah. And it just comes. And I guess the, it was parked on the hill. I guess or I the parking sure. brake gave out or something. I don't know. I think it was running. I think he just hopped off of it. <laughs> and it came flying down the hill. And I'm just like, oh, shit. And everybody's kind of moving. And then I see Jake. And Jake's right in front of it. And he just like does one of those things, like a double take, where he's not sure exactly which direction to go. Mm-hmm. Last minute, dove out of the way. Well, this goes back to Jake Stratton's the luckiest son of a bitch on this planet. <laughs> but, well, the, the thing is, the water could have been handled, but Casey was too busy napping in the trailer. <laughs> fucking kicker. Well, I don't think Jake was lucky, because I remember specifically him saying, like, I should have fucking let that gator hit. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It probably would have worked out better. He got sent home and didn't have to run like the rest of us. God. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, because those kids, they, they found a pool. I don't, this is the thing that blows my mind, Ryan. Where did they find the time? That's what I'm fucking saying. We went back and, like, we get a shower and, like, sit on the bed, and then the next thing we we're passed out. Like. Right. But they snuck out, found a pool, went swimming without permission, and a kid almost drowned, and we ran so much. Oh, my God. Well, no, we, we, as linemen, we had a, a pact, and we did the fat man jog. Fat man jog. Because in case you all don't know what a fat man jog is, um, there's a there's a certain fat man within the group that's, that's the pace setter. We let him set the pace. Nobody goes in front of him. Nobody drives behind him. And we all run together. And it doesn't matter how much the coach yells, how many whistles they blow, how many times they say they're going to make you run, you run with the pace setter, and he holds the pace. Yep. And all these other receivers and all these other guys, they do these sprints, and they run back and forth, and they sprint their freaking faces off. But the fat man, we all just jog, we all jog together. Mm-hmm. Our job is to line. be consistent. Yep. Their job is to be, uh, I guess, game changers, playmakers. Oh, yeah. And and the coaches will threaten you with, you know, hours and hours of, of, of suicide runs, whatever. No. You stay the pace. You stay the course. There's a, there's a pact between the fat men that we're going to get each other through it. And when it all got said and done, when they were doing the sprints, there were guys passed out on the side from the, the running backs and all that. Mm-hmm. Fat man, we're like, yeah, we're good. Well, I cheated a little <laughs> bit. Let me tell you this, because I had my toe, my mm-hmm. toe was fucked up. I'd gotten a blister like day three. He was by the end of the week, he was literally down to like almost nine toes. I almost, I almost only had like nine toes. The literally after the blister popped, a big, huge, thick chunk of skin did come off the bottom of my toe. Mm-hmm. But they had given me an ice pack. I don't know why there wasn't any swelling. Don't it was worry the only about the thing sepsis. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I had that ice pack blood poison so we were running all those fucking gassers and i had my ice pack tied to my shoulder pads underneath my jersey you bastard and nobody was looking i was sneaking ice <laughs> you son of a bitch I know. <laughs> but we we ran i think at the end of it we ran 25 gassers something like that yeah i had to be close to that and a 20 and a gasser is the football field is 55 yards wide yep and a gasser's up back up back and we ran 25 of them. So somebody do the math. I'm not a fast math guy, but yeah. it was a lot of distance. That's a longer than a fat man should be running. Man, high school was crazy. Did we talk about all our S-Fest? 
No, man. And uh, we, we should. There's a there's a lovely lady out there that we went to high school with that probably has the, the best rack I've ever seen in my life. She'll remain nameless out of respect, but we, we still know her. She's she's around. She's in places. Mm-hmm. We see her occasionally on, on the interwebs. And uh, I'll never forget that pair. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I, and don't get me wrong. I love my wife, but... That was, I mean, that was immaculate. It looked like a, like a Greek sculpture. Well, we were, we were, it was a 18 year old <laughs> pair of boobs. It was beautiful. They hadn't had yeah. the chant. Gravity hadn't had the impact that it tends to have. Yeah. I had a really awkward encounter with her at our 10 year reunion. Did you really? Yeah. Because I was stupid. Cause I'm dumb. And I was, I got, I remember your tits. I got, that's, that's almost, that's almost word for word what I said. <laughs> and like, I wasn't trying to make her feel uncomfortable. I was trying to like, hey, it's been a long time since we've seen each other. And the last time I saw you, I saw your boobs, <laughs> which in my mind sounded like a great conversation starter. But for her, it was not what she wanted to hear. She did not want to hear it. That's so, great. If you are listening to this young lady who will remain nameless. Sorry about making it uncomfortable. She knew because she knew immediately. She's like, yep, that was me. Bye. Get out of my face. Go away. <laughs> oh, God. I was like, fuck. I was trying to chat, but whatever. <laughs> LRS Fest. So what what really was LRS Fest? So it was kind of Louisville's way to get involved with national music. So and, and for those of y'all that went, that's that's awesome. You know exactly what we're talking about. If not, the uh they had a national stage and a local stage. Wasn't LRS a, a radio station? WLRS was a radio okay. station and you know, RIP. Um they they took it away and I'm, I was really upset by it. Um, but fantastic rock station really like they understood you were like, this is what I want to listen to right now. Mm-hmm. But they used to host this concert every year down on the waterfront, down on the great lawn. And they had a local stage and a national stage. And I think, do you remember the band flaw? Yes. So was it, it was Dave, like his sister's friend of a friend or somebody knew people in the band. So we were all like, Oh, we got to like check these guys out. Because they're famous, so we're going to be famous by knowing them because, you know, that's our logic. Um, well, they kicked ass. But there was there was the national stage and local stage, and you would kind of transition between the two stages throughout the show and uh, watch the different bands. Mm-hmm. And so LRS, they would have – I'm trying to think. They had some 41, Disturbed, Stained, Papa Roach. Uh, early, early on, they had Corn before Corn got, like, too big to even get um, – they had a lot of bands. I don't know if you remember. Were you there the year that we met Red Jumpsuit Apparatus and they yes. invited us backstage and all that shit? I didn't go backstage, but I was I was there when that happened. That was some cool shit because they were at that point they were like a year or two older than us, so like they were normal kids. Yeah, we were like, this is fucking cool. That like, is cool. So, but I mean, it was just in general, it was a badass rock concert that had an untimely death thanks to corporate America. You know. Mm. <laughs> But it was it was a blast. I mean, it was huge mosh pits. Yes, crowd surfing. Oh, dude, do you remember there was this like forty year old dude that wanted to like bull rush me and we like kicked the shit out of each other in this mosh pit? Yes, like, I remember that specifically. He had like a big old beard. Yeah, and bald head, yeah. and he was like, he was like, let's fucking go, and we just rushed each other and kept like, it looked like two rams button heads, and then <laughs> after we were all like bloody and shit, then he was like, good job, and like shook my hand, and I was like, oh, thanks, I can't feel my face. That's a culture of a mosh <laughs> yeah. pit, though. Yeah. Like knock them on their ass and help them back up again, like Stinson used oh, to do. Oh, and slam dancers. Uh, if, if any of y'all are slam dancers, fuck you. Like I'll <laughs> kick the shit out of you. I promise. I remember. <laughs> this is what I remember about that specifically was people were crowd surfing, 
and there was this girl that <laughs> was like, well, there was there was a girl earlier in the day who had fallen down, and Jake mm-hmm. Stratton helped her stand up, and she was like, thanks, and she kissed him right on the mouth. Right in his right in his mouth hole. Right in his right in his mouth hole. And me, I was thinking, damn, girls are generous as fuck at LRS Fest. <laughs> so like three hours later, I'll never forget this. There was this girl. I can't remember if she was attractive or not, but she was crowd surfing, and she had ended up in like an area. the The person, the crowd was opening up, and the dude that she had kind of like ended up on was annoyed. Kind of launched her, and she kind of went flying through the air. And when I've told the story in the past, I'd said that she kind of flew through the air and I like kind of caught her in my arms, like Freddie Prince Jr. style and like lightly laid her on the ground. Mm -hmm. The reality of the story was she kind of landed on the back of my neck and I kind of like maneuvered myself to like Mm -hmm. lessen the amount of like kind of like swing dancing she's on your shoulders so you swung her around and like caught her well she kind of like was on my shoulders and then just kind of like spun around and ended up on the ground like not hurt as opposed to falling seven feet out of the sky onto her back and like shattering a vertebrae Mm -hmm. and i was thinking here we go baby (laughs) if jake helped that girl off the ground and got a kiss i'm like "Ah, ah, ah." she was like thanks (laughs) just fucking left so that was a disappointing experience. Uh, I don't for know me. if you remember the other one, the girl that was crowd surfing in the mini skirt and the thong. Yeah, so the, she was crowd surfing. It was not quite over top of us, but right next to us. And somebody, some dude next to us, placed a finger where it shouldn't have gone. Well, she got down and whipped the shit out of this dude. Did she? Was she good for her? But it wasn't the right dude. It was the dude next to it. Oh, that's so. Sad. That dude didn't get caught. That motherfucker. You're if you're out there listening to this, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, you're a piece of shit. If you're out there and you're the guy that got the shit beat out of you, sorry, buddy, but <laughs> wrong place, wrong time. Well, we, we've done a really good job of coming full circle. Yeah. So you want to wrap this up? Cunnilingus. Cunnilingus. <laughs> Me or you? Flip a quarter. Okay, let's just do it. We'll just do it on each other. Let's see. What time is it right now? It's 4.49, so that's perfect. You want to go get yeah. some beers at Monic? Sounds great, man. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for doing this, because this was totally last minute, so I'm surprised you were able to squeeze it in, but I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I was just waiting on my pants to get out of the dryer, honestly. I, I'm doing laundry right now, too, so I feel that love vibe. It. All right, brother. Well, thank you so much. I love you. Love you, too, man. Let's. Uh, we'll do this again. All right. Sounds good. Cool. Bye, man. All right, bye. All right, guys, so not long after that conversation ended and Ryan's pants were dry and uh, we both got dressed and we headed over to Monic to have some beers with our friends Jake Stratton and Casey Ford. Chris Berry was there. Um, it was a wonderful time. We had a great evening. And as things start to grow over here, we're hoping we can share those types of conversations with you soon in a Just Friends group episode. And that's just one example of the growth that's been taking place over here at Just Friends. And it's been happening because of you guys and because of your all support through the Patreon page patreon.com forward slash mitch makes podcast if you guys are appreciating the show and you want to see it continue to grow i want to make some t-shirts and some hats and stuff like that and that's exactly where your all support would go so i really appreciate it if you're already a patron and if you're interested in becoming a patron just check out the facebook page check out the website there are links there for that if you're listening on apple podcasts or itunes please rate the show and if you haven't already share it with somebody on facebook and let them know about the facebook page this whole project has been so much fun and i want to make sure that we share it with as many people as possible so thank you all so much for your support 
I hope you have an amazing week and I'll see you on Sunday. I love you guys. Bye.